0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. 51551 is our text number. Yesterday, for the 75 minutes, the uh, so-called Squeeze Middle spoke and revolted about the... Uh, the cost of living changes, the 1.3 billion package. You've heard numerous government ministers on numerous programmes non-stop uh, talking about it. Um, Sinead, you, 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 there's one angle because we were talking about the working parents trying to get the children to crash in the morning, wrestling with the kids, trying to get an octopus into a, uh, a, a string bag, it's like, um, getting the bags in, get the baby, everything. Uh, and then belting home at seven o'clock to the awful traffic and then not getting anything in this uh, package yesterday. Sinead, explain your situation with Kresh. It, 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 it reads bizarrely, but, but, but go ahead. Yes, Joe. Yes, how are, how are you? Good, yes, thanks. it reads bizarre. It does read, it reads very bizarre and a nasty surprise um, for a lot of parents yesterday. Okay. My own story is I have a child in after school now. She was in crash, which is an after school now. And come January, we were told that we were getting the, the subsidy. So my personal case is I work 13-hour shifts. I work in healthcare. So okay. I work a Monday and a Tuesday and a Friday. I have Wednesdays and Thursdays off. Okay, and your so three 13 keep, hours is the... Yeah, exactly. That's the agreement so I keep that gives my little you one off. the 39, um, yeah. yeah. I keep my little one off on one of the days as a treat because I don't see her, especially if I'm working the two days back to back. And um, sometimes she could be sick. Sometimes I could just keep her off again on Wednesday. But because um, I was given, I think it's 20 hours of the subsidy, it's now been flagged up as non-compliant because I haven't sent her in enough. So I'll be getting a reduction um, for each hour that I don't send her in of a subsidy. So therefore... The less I send her in, the more I end up paying at the end of the month. So basically, in a nutshell, Joe, if you don't send your child in for the maximum amount of allocated hours, they come back to you and they reassess your award. And the maximum uh, amount of allocated hours is how many? Um, it, it, no, it's per hour. So I'd say it would differ for an after school to a creche. You know, if you were in, the, the hours would be like half eight to half six. So if you picked up your child regularly, let's say on your way home at half four or five, you would lose those couple of hours per week, per, per month. You know what I mean? So You'd lose the subsidy. Kind of, if your child isn't clocked in attending that service, they will they will toss it up and then they will take the money off. It seems this is, this is what we heard yesterday. from the, from the um, But are you saying the creche will charge you for hours that your child doesn't attend? We we will pay we will pay our set fees regardless. Yeah, okay. So obviously you don't get a reduction if you take your child out. That's that's fair enough. That's common enough. But the subsidy that they will get from the government, the one forty um one euro forty yeah. an hour, will will not be taken off my bill at the end of the month because I haven't had my child sitting in that room for exactly the amount of time that the government has given the award for. So they are not taking the one forty off the hours that the parent is charged. They're only giving you the 140 for the hours that the child is attending the service. Okay, so um, in terms of an hour, they're saying a child must attend the full hours to benefit from the subsidy. Exactly, yes, exactly. So for, in my own case, I was flagged up that, let's say, she was given an award for 20, 20 hours a week. Yeah. 
she only attended, I think it might have been 13 last week, but she did a day off and a play date, or she might have attended 11 hours another week or 15 hours another week. So all those hours that she hasn't been there have been deducted. I've been flagged up that going forward she'll be non-compliant. So I've been told she has to attend these hours, a minimum of the hours that we've agreed, or I, I don't know actually what's going to happen in the future, or I, I just won't get the, the funding, or parents won't get the funding. I'm reading from... So it only really works for parents, Joe, if they send their kids in for the entire amount of time. So low, low, God, God loves them if they want to actually keep them off for an afternoon a week, especially with shift work. It's, it's incredibly unfair. So what is the cost difference then? If you were to send the, your the child... Award, yeah, go ahead. The, the award from the, the NC, from the government, is 140 deducted off your hourly rate. Okay, so the, so the hourly rate... the number of hours decreases. Exactly. If, if your child, ha- if, if, which we weren't aware of, if your child isn't present in that classroom or in that, that room, um, they'll be marked as absent. So you'll lose that, you'll lose that, that, that um, amount of money. Now, it's not, you know something, Joe, it's not even the money so okay. much. It's, it's, it's the ideology behind it that the, the government will come out and they'll say, we're helping working parents. You're getting this money off so on and so forth and then the reality is they if, if your child isn't attending all the time especially for the likes of myself like you, if, if I do two days work I'm gone for 26 hours I feel I should be able to take my child collect from school and spend a bit of time with her um, but they but say that's, that's again the again they say the scheme is flexible this is what they say if an, if an applicant receives an award of 20 hours the subsidy could be used for four half days 8 to 1pm Alternatively, the subsidy could be used for two full day sessions, eight to six. Well, my my award has been is twenty hours, so it's from half two to half six, for example. Okay. Um, her her dad might collect her at five if he's coming home. He he work in down the country, so if he's coming home, he might collect her early. So there's an hour and a half gone, and then cumulatively, if you add all those up, and plus the afternoon, I might keep her at home. You're not you're not hitting those twenty hours, if you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. Like if you don't use them you don't get your award. So from that logic, a parent needs to have their child in all the time or they will actually get less of an award so they'll pay more fees at the end of the month. And would you end up paying more than you, than you would if the child had been there for 20 hours? If, if, if the child was there for the entire amount of time, you get your full award. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, but if you take them off for an afternoon, you'd be you wouldn't be hitting the full you wouldn't be hitting the same the hours that you've been you've been um, granted for. And what do you think? The, the, I personally wasn't aware of. I just thought, well, you know, it's, it's off the hours that I'm being billed for. Because if I if I send her in or not, I still get the same. You know, you're still okay, paying, yeah. obviously, which which is fair enough, obviously, to pay for your child's place. But I didn't realise it was a case of if they had to, you know, we had to physically keep them there. So the crash still charge you. Say, yeah. say, say they went for 14 hours out of 20. Does the crash will charge you for the 20? They've got to, their argument is we've got to hold on to the place. But the, the state will deduct the six, six by 140. That's it, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, a lot of parents would be in the same boat. They might only work four days a week, but they're paying for a five day crash because they can't get a four day. That's nearly an accepted norm. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's, a, like, it's a modest enough payment anyway. It's completely, it's a, an absolutely modest enough payment and it's, it's galling to see them out saying that they're helping working parents and, and like the reality is they're, they're watching every hour your child is in that service 
see if they can take it off you. And yesterday we... 140 an hour, Joe. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's incredible. It seems very petty, all right. But uh, yeah, yesterday we heard a lot of uh, mothers, especially, and this whole began with an argument from Frank that people might be better off not working, and he specifically said people with children, um, it must be awful leaving your child in every morning while you're running to work or whatever. What is what is that like? I know you're doing it because of your three 13-hour shifts. You don't you do it uh, yeah, three I times. Yeah, I mean, every- everybody's... Everybody's situation is different, you know. I mean, some people have a partner there that can that can drop their child in. Some people, you know, do it on their own. It's an accepted norm that being a working parent is incredibly busy. You know, you're 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 in work. You're not spending as much time with your child as you want. Mm-hmm. But also, you've, a lot of people want to work. You know, they might want to work less, but it's it's just it doesn't. It, these figures do not add up for a lot of the time. You know, you're you're constantly trying to spend a bit of quality time with your child to not be always kind of running in, picking up, making dinners, homework and bed. That's that's, that's not a quality advice. And planning the next morning and planning the next day and planning as well as everyone. It's a lack of choice. It's a lack of choice for a lot of working people, Joe. It's a lack of, you know... um, And what what do you think of the package that the government trumpeted yesterday? Um... I'm. I'm. I would. I personally feel that I don't begrudge. I don't begrudge anybody yeah. any help. Everybody is struggling, Joe, and it's not. I really want to be clear. It is not. In my. In my opinion, is not um, an us versus them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not yeah, working yeah. people versus people who need help because God, people need help at yeah. the moment. You know, I think that um, that kind of that can fall into a lot of negative talk and negative negative narratives about who gets what. Everybody is struggling, but. There is a big issue of the squeeze middle. And a lot of the time, people are too busy to, to give out. People are just putting their head down and getting yeah, on with it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And too tired oh. as well. Too tired, too tired as well. Yeah, okay, yeah. say with us, Sinead, Joe at RT.ie. Helen Longworth is in Wicklow. Helen, another angle on this this issue that arose yesterday. What's your Joe, situation? <laughs> yes. Well, I do love you to talk to you. Listen, I'm actually coming from a slightly different angle okay. because I'm at the other end of that quandrum. Okay. I reared three children, um, all like well qualified, two engineers and a physiotherapist. Mm-hmm. And I feel in this country that I've reared my children to export them because there is no way they can get homes near where their jobs are. Okay. It's just not possible. Um, rents are excessive. They just, I know I know some young people t- have use it as a choice to go away, and that's fine. But I think we've removed that choice from a lot of our young people because they just don't have options and they don't see a future here and the government are doing nothing to help and support them. And why, why do, well, go into more detail, why do they have to leave? Is that because of... Well, for the, example, if, you, if you're working, say, in Ireland as a physiotherapist, if, if my son was working as a physiotherapist in England, they have a key worker housing scheme. They get a little bit more in their salaries because okay. they're looked on as key workers. And that applies to things like firemen, like teachers. When they go to buy a home, they get a certain subsidy from the government to buy that home. Sometimes it's up to a third of the value. And OK, the government holds that third, so when you sell, you pay it back. But it gives them an option to live and work in, in, a, in a high density or high expensive area, which our children don't have the option. Like you cannot, children can't continue. Like I know mm-hmm. a friend of mine, her daughter's a nurse. She's travelling from Enfield to Dublin. 
to work as a nurse in Vincent's. It's just not feasible. You're paying petrol, yeah, you're paying yeah. tolls, and even if she wanted to rent in the area, her, her, her salary will not sustain. It's, it's just not enough to pay for rent where she needs to work. And, and something has to be done. And I, I'm a great believer that everybody is entitled to a home. And I, I do feel really sorry for people who are homeless. But I think there is a whole generation of homeless people out there that's been, that there's no consideration being given to. And we also have a longer-term problem with this because mm-hmm. when they come back... So say my 34-year-old son goes and decides after five years in Canada he'd like to come back. I have a son living there at the moment. Okay. Um, what happens in terms of he has to incur a health, a health levy? So if he hasn't had health insurance before he comes back, he'll pay a levy for life on his health insurance. He's taking a mortgage probably at 39 or 40. If that's a 40-year mortgage, is it feasible to have him pay a mortgage until he's 80? And what happens to the people who need the income from these high earners? If all these high earners learn, leave our country, what happens Mm -hmm. with the tax intake to support people who are less fortunate? If you earn earn over 40k, you're paying 40% tax. Exactly. Plus USC. Yeah, and and the thing is, the other impact is socially. I don't want to live my life. I'm just at retirement age. I don't want to go into my old age with none of my children here. Now, if if it's their choice to live away, that's fine. I think children have a right to live their life. But I know it wouldn't be the choice of all my children not to live in Ireland. But I feel that they don't feel they have an option. And when I go out with friends and I meet friends and I'm I'm a nurse, my nursing colleagues, all of us, without exception, Mm -hmm. have children living away, not all out of choice. Okay, they somehow it? feel if they go away and they get better experience, they might come back and earn more and give them a chance to get on the ladder. But at the moment, it's just not feasible. OK, say with us, Helen. Sarah, uh, the, the crash catch-22, how does it affect you? Um, hiya, Joe. Um, yeah, I suppose my baby was born six months after kind of COVID first hit. And okay. uh, she, you know, you were sending your child in in, in difficult enough circumstances, you were told... If they had a cough or a cold or anything, you to keep them home, which was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and still is the right thing to do. But that, if you had your child off for the week or two weeks that it took to clear up, you would then get a threatening letter saying your subsidy was going to be cut. Um, so you're, trying, you're always trying to do the right thing, and that's still the case. If you have your child off sick, if they have a vomiting bug, if they whatever, all mm-hmm. the things the kids get... Um, it'll follow that you're not, you'll get a letter saying you're not sending your child in enough and that your subsidy is going to be cut. Um, and I just think it's very unfair because, like, as a parent trying to pay, pay crash fees in Dublin, um, it, it's a constant struggle, you know, to, to kind of keep everything afloat. Mm. Um, so if you keep, if you have to, no one does it. If you have to keep your child off away from crash because they're unwell, obviously, you're still you still have to pay for that day, don't you? Oh, in the crash, not yeah. Fair enough on the crash yeah, part. yeah. You know, the spot is there, and the staff are there, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But you but you lose the subsidy for that day. Yes, you you get letters. I don't know. I don't think you actually lose it straight away. But you oh, get sorry, letters. there is. A, you're right. There is a. There is. Yeah. A, if a child has been attending. Uh, less than the registered hours for each of the previous eight weeks in a row, a warning notification 
will issue to the yeah. parent alert. What, what crime have you committed to get a warning notification from the government? It, it does. It feels quite threatening. Yeah. Um, the subsidy will not be changed at this stage as long as the underattendance is broken by one full week of attendance. The subsidy. Yeah, well, what if a child that just has chronic problems? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Joe, you're writing another stress to parents. Like, you have to start Sinead, talking yeah. up to the hour when your child attends. Right? Do you know what I mean? And, what, and why, why shouldn't you keep your child off for the afternoon if, if you want to spend time with them? You know, it's, it's quite demeaning, to be, to be frank. And what's, by the way, what, in, what does, I don't clock in and out of my own job, but I have to clock my child in and out of fresh. Like, yeah, that's true. You know and, what, what I mean? and, a, and somebody, somebody has to keep a record of this, by the way. Yes, that's it. That's more than staff, futile. Yeah, exactly. And what's, what's, the, what's the maximum subsidy you'll get for a week for the 20 hours? Uh, well, I'm, I'm presuming if you're in for for full time crash, which depending on the hours, it's usually half eight to half six. So, okay. what's that? Ten hours a day. And then um, my little girl would be on the Eki hours, so okay. she, exactly. she has so three a lot hours of free in the morning. So it's different for everyone, really, yeah. depending on the, the service and the child's age. Okay, but how much is it per hour? And is it still is it one forty for every hour, including the Eki hours? The Eki hours are three hours in the morning are free. Okay, of course, the force. Okay, yeah. and the government, yeah. the government subsidise that. Je- Jessica, you're listening to the Crash Catch Twenty Two. Go ahead, Jessica. Hi, Joe. How are you? And thanks very much for bringing attention to this issue. That's Sinead. Yeah, fair play to Sinead. Yeah, go ahead, Jessica. Um, I just wanted. Um, I, I concur with all the other ladies there around the lack of flexibility offered by the National Childcare Scheme. And sadly, it means that if you have any flexibility in your workday and you decide to collect your child early, as I have done in the recent past, you're actually uh, discouraged and, and uh, uh, penalised financially for doing so. So it's, like it, it's uh, completely anti-family uh, to have that uh, structure in place. And I have lobbied the scheme and I have suggested mm-hmm. that the more reasonable alternative uh, would be for them to... Um, to uh, give you the subsidy of the hours you you uh, pay for as opposed yeah, to the hours yeah. that you attend. And I've got nowhere with that suggestion. And also... Well, uh, hang on, uh, just take me back there, Jessica. Where have you gone with that suggestion? So you, you obviously um, haven't made it. Yeah, well, I emailed the National Child Care Scheme okay. um, uh, several times and I got no response. And then they referred me to the uh, Child Care Committee in Cork. Okay. I emailed them as well, and they um, actually agreed with my suggestion, but didn't really come back with any um, alternative. They said that they'd mention it, but they didn't really come back to me to, uh, with any, any any satisfaction on it. So you you even think at one forty an hour? You even think on in terms of administration and paperwork, docking parents the subsidy for an hour yeah. here and an hour there because you you got off early or. Whatever you, you, you a meeting didn't happen and you were able to run and which you, which you like doing collect yeah. your child early, yeah. you're you're there's a disincentive to do that, but the disincentive yeah. the disincentive has to be administered has to be policed, which well, must be phenomenal. Like all of the I mean because we know and rightly so anyone that's administering anyone that's administering this scheme in in the payments area i.e. from the state is uh, obviously been paying multiples of 140 an hour. Mm-hmm. So what is the actual saving at the end of the day when you compute 
the staff that have to admi- have to administer administer docking one forty here and one forty there and one and right, then yeah. saying if hang on if the if I deduct if if one forty was deducted eight uh, once every week for the last eight weeks that means the child uh, is uh, not not taking up the agreed amount of time and uh, unless the child oh my god it's oh. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. The document they signed in Warsaw yesterday between the various government leaders was less complicated than this. <laughs> the Northern Protocol is less complicated than this, isn't it? It just shows you, Joe, the, the thinking behind um, certain departments, though. Do you know what I mean? It really does that one forty an hour is policed for working parents in this country trying to just get on yeah. with... With, well, with keep, keep, keep uh, but Sinead again. Keep saying one euro forty. One euro forty. Because yeah. people can't, coming can't in on this conversation, people coming in and people coming in at this conversation and turning it on said one forty. They hear they logically they will hear one hundred and forty yeah. because it's, it's, uh, it's not one fifty, not two euro. It's yeah, one euro. It's one euro forty cent. One yeah. euro for wouldn't get you a slice pan. Mary is in the Midlands. Mary, good afternoon, Mary. Hiya, Joel. How are you? Your point, please. The crash catch um, 22. My point is I'm coming from the other side of it, OK? I'm okay. coming from one in a crash for 30 years. Yeah. And when the government um, brought in all the free preschool year and da 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 I was paying the mortgage. It was my name over the door, but I couldn't make decisions. It was basically we were told what to do and we had to do it. And okay. it didn't matter what way you wanted to decide you charged a child. If you didn't charge the way you were told by the government and ticked the boxes, you were found major non-compliant by Pubble when the inspector came. So when it came to our training for this, what you're talking about now, where you're deducted if the child doesn't spend X amount of time. Yeah, yeah. So when it came to our training, I put up a huge fight that night at that training that no parent should be told how many hours they are entitled to spend with their child. I said, this is absolutely crazy. It cannot go ahead. But it did go ahead because who was I? Just one person. So all the crash owners did agree with it. It was crazy. But there's nobody listened to us. So basically it went on and it went through. And if we'll say little Johnny was coming in for 35 hours a week and he only came in for 25, well, then I had to approach Mammy to tell her she owed. I'm only taking figures off my head here now. But I had to approach her at the end of the week and say, sorry, Johnny didn't come in for X amount of hours, so therefore uh, you owe me 10 euro. Then it was like, you know... You know, so basically... It just got after a while that the stress got so much that I couldn't cope with parents being told what they had to do with their children. As as well as that, people that were on social coming in, their child's been paid for for the full day. Now, I don't know if that's changed since because I'm out of it for two years. But they were coming in. I was being paid more than what I charged. I was being paid by the government for him to come in while his mummy or daddy sat at home and claimed social. Now, I don't know if that's changed since. But I just couldn't watch the doctors and the nurses and the dentists mm-hmm. and the social workers all coming in to me and they were getting €20 a week towards their fee. To me, it was crazy. They were up at six o'clock in the morning, getting their kids in, collecting them at the last minute in the evening because they couldn't get out from work on time. And then they brought in the extra thing where, oh, if little Johnny takes a half day, little Johnny is going to be prosecuted for it. 
So I thought, I'm out of here. So I just said, right, I'm gone. I sold my business. Oh, you sold up? Absolutely sold up. I couldn't do it, Joe. The stress was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And I remember a public officer coming to visit me, and this mm-hmm. is the truth. There was, it was the first year that the preschool year was brought in for the free preschool year. So okay. the child was coming in to me. There was a family, um, a debt in the family, and the child would have been entitled to stay with me until half twelve. So the little uh, lad came in. He was three years of age. He was entitled to his free preschool year. And mum said to me, would you mind holding him on to him until after the funeral mass? And we want to bring him to the afters, but we don't want to bring him to the graveyard. I said, leave him for the day. He's fine. Absolutely no problem. So mum came back a couple of hours later and that was fine. He went off. Now, Joe, I didn't charge that mother for that, obviously. So when the public officer came, she looked through my cash book and she said, hold on now for a minute. Little Johnny stayed here an extra two hours. What's the story? I don't see the 10 euro. You're five euro per hour in your terms. Why, where's the 10 euro? And I said, oh, that was a family bereavement. I said, I, I wouldn't yeah, take that yeah. money. She gave me major non-compliant that day. Now, okay. so that's the stress the crash owners. My heart goes out to crash owners because no one knows the stress that they're under. It was all fine well while it was, my name was over the door. I paid the mortgage and I made the decisions. And if I decided to charge a parent for whatever I could and if I decided no that's, that I won't charge them for that because there'd be a reason I couldn't so do the whole, that after well, am, I, am I right in thinking um, is, is could one of the reasons underpinning this be they mistrust parents and they mistrust crash owners not to fiddle the system I, I could That's never, I could never no. figure it out. I said I was 30 years as a crash owner and I was five years working under the government. And it's just like everyone's doing the same. The private owners are getting out, you know. So it's basically, there's, it's, it's going to be all community, I'd say, in another 10 years or it's going to be done differently than it is because the private owners can't take the stress that's involved in it. But, I mean, why should somebody dictate to a parent that... You can't take your child out for a day or you can't take a child out for whatever. And why should you You be penalised for that? It's it's a modest amount anyway, but why should you be penalised for... Like, it wouldn't wouldn't even... The the 140 wouldn't even get you over the Westlink. No. Apart from your petrol, apart from everything else. But anyway, if you're you're driving hither and thither, trying to collect kids and back and forth. Say that, Mary, Eileen Buckley is a crash owner in Cork. Uh, Hi, Joe. What do you think, Eileen, of the the crash catch-22? Uh, I suppose um, the way I'm coming from it really is that um, the, you know, we were actually, uh, with the last number of years, we've been asked to freeze our fees, yeah, you know, as yeah, part yeah. of all the, 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 this new change in the childcare. And um, and I suppose they, they've brought in yeah, this, this 140 uh, per hour per child um, and also um, co-funding as well to support us to, 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 you know, to pay the staff. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose, you know, that was all brought in, uh, uh, I think it was, it was agreed in two years ago, but since then there's been such changes um, in the cost of living and everything else. Um, but I suppose we, uh, really why I'm actually ringing now today is about the scheme. The administration from the owner's point of view is huge. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. The parents actually initially will apply for this um, when you're a 40, apply for the or, or, or whatever they're entitled to. Um, because it does vary for with families and that, but 
um, once they have, once they're registered, then they actually bring the the provider the number. We then have to register uh, the hours and all the rest of it. The parents, we have to go back. To the parents then have to to uh, uh, agree again. We get no money. Uh, there's no money sent. The, the, the money, the one forty, is sent to the providers. Yeah. Um, but we get nothing until the parents then again go, um, will go online, so we can we can end up chasing parents. You haven't actually signed again, you know, for this this agreement. Um, and then there's a change, uh, and again, you know, for whatever reason, you know, the child could be coming for 20 hours, and then for whatever reason, they're not coming. And then it's all back to us again to actually like there's absolutely huge administration mm. to it. Sounds yeah. Um, I'll, I'll where I am. I'll just give yeah. you another example, Eileen, uh, from another call. I received an email, email from our childcare provider a week ago and from our, uh, from our after-school provider uh, that now, due to the administration boarding, that if you want to add boarding, that if you want to add any extra hours on any given week, they won't be in a position to do the administration, all of the administration you outlined there, to claim for the subsidy of 140 on each of these hours. Mm. Just... Yes. Yeah. And I actually think then again, like, again, every year, and all of these things are quite, uh, you know, there's a lot of work in it, but we have to actually send in our, our, our fees, you know, to be approved every year. So they, so, so they have our fees, what we're charging, yeah. you know, for, yeah. for 20 hours, for 30 hours or whatever. And and then uh, we, we give these same fees to the parents. So you come in with your child and, uh, you know, you agree it's 20 hours that I want a week and we see if we've got the staff for that child for 20 hours and the agreement is made. So then, you know, like I, I'd be thinking, yeah, with this new 140, that's great. Like it is, it's 140 per hour, but it actually would be 28 euro per week, which is, which which is nothing to sneer at um, on your fee. Um, but with this this thing, then, like for as you say, if like if the if the child only comes for now, I think the, um, it isn't. It isn't if they won't come any particular week, but you know if they're actually coming, maybe it, maybe it's 19 hours out of 20 that they're coming. Uh, yeah, but why I think if, they, if they hit the 20 in six weeks, if they hit yeah. the 20 in just one week out of the six, um, yeah. that would mm. be sufficient. So mm. it's not it's not like that they can't actually take a day off. It's not. A, but at the same time, again, um, if there are parents for whatever reason, um, and, and I do have, you know, I've, yeah. I have different parents for different reasons that, that they, they want to hold, they want to hold so many hours um, in our crash because they need those hours. But again, they might have uh, grandparents who might take them an odd day. Um, so it might be very hard for them to, to reach the... So, so, but it's down to us then again that like if, 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 if we get inspected and for some reason uh, somebody has been missing, if the money is going to be taken from the, the provider, not from the parent. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so we, we've been in a position then of chasing maybe... There is no back pay if um, if a parent gets their registration number, say at the end of the, of the month, and they don't realise that this registration number they're after getting they're after, and and they don't realise they have to. You can't back. You can you can't get any back money. You can only get it for this particular week. Um, you you know you can't start um, a claim even if you had got a claim in the first of January. Um, mm. And a parent brings it to us now. We can only claim for this this week. We can only start the claim from the Monday. So there's no back paying when it comes to uh, ah, the so claim. Eileen, Eileen. Yeah. People are people are are reaching for the ginger 
tea at this stage, ginger and anything to calm them down. This is so complicated. For a lousy <laughs> one forty, for a lousy one, sorry, stop, stop making what? a mistake, Joe. You were you were saying that Sinead was making for a lousy one euro forty cent an hour. Well, yeah. I wouldn't they, say it's, I wouldn't say it's a lousy one euro forty uh, personally because I do think. If you're yeah. getting, if oh, you're yeah, exactly. your child for twenty or thirty, yeah, yeah. you know, for twenty or thirty, it all adds or, up. Yeah, but I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm it's just a saying, nice bit. But I, but why has the state decided to be so hands on and so complicated well, about I, a again, sim- I, I would personally, again, the way I okay. would actually see it as well is that like they have all our information. I wouldn't be, uh, you know, if well, from my point of view, you know, and, and if we can actually show that the person. Um, you know, signing off. They want 20 hours, you know, and if they, they're only coming 16, I think they, that they should actually, they'll give you the fee, they should get the, the 20. Of but, course. But at the, same, at the same time then, I suppose that, like, it is public money that we're all, you know... Well, I mean, it's five, like, it's yeah. f- it, it would work out, God forbid, on those hard-pressed parents who, by the way, uh, almost by definition, because their children are in crash, not always, they're mm. paying they're paying income tax, 40% plus what, four and a half USC if you're earning over 40k. So you're working from Monday till Wednesday afternoon for Pascal Donahue and the rest is for your, the remainder of the week you're working for, working for your family. But like the, the four hours, the government would lose five euro sixty. Isn't that yeah. right? Four by one forties. Yeah. Five euro yeah. sixty. And I think they have And they're, really... they're, they're, they're putting this uh, umbrella of administration over it. That easily yeah. costs more than five euros. Crazy, 60. absolutely. I yeah. used to do, Joe, I used to work Why? 80 and 90 hours a week. And that what? is not a word of a lie. Yeah, I, I was it. awake yeah. at night with a notebook at the side of the bed. I must register her. I must delete her. I must change her hours. I must whatever. And it was yeah. gone that I could not. The stress absolutely. was unbelievable. And then as well as that, another thing that the government can do is, and I had an example of this as well. I had two children that were coming in after school and mum said she wanted the five days a week and that was fine. They were in the five days a week. They started in September and I had my pubble inspection in February and the pubble inspector noticed that they had missed five weeks on a uh, Friday between September and December. So she said, well then they shouldn't have applied, she said, for a because they were entitled to the free after school. She said they shouldn't have applied for five days. They were only entitled four days if they weren't using them. And I said, well, mum gave me an excuse. They won't be in today because they had whatever and they won't yeah, be in today because yeah. she was... A... And that 1400 and something euro was deleted from my... Uh, when I got my payment for the next from... time. I got yeah. fourteen hundred and fifty less because it would come out of the providers. Yes, um, you, you were the yeah. one now, that was I paying. I had no way of stopping that, and I had no argument. It was basically I should have noticed that they missed the five weeks. But I, at the time, it didn't even hit me. Like yeah, five yeah. weeks between, you know, twenty weeks to me, it didn't really matter if they were missing an odd Friday. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah, yeah but that fourteen hundred and fifty euro, the next payment I got, I got fourteen fifty less. But why? And, 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 and yeah. from my point of view as well, I mean, there was, there's no way I could actually have the business opened today, only that I actually have two of my daughters as well. Same here uh, in, in yeah, the business. Snap. You know, there's yeah. no way because even, you know, just I, I, I do this administration kind of the, for the fees and, and probably, and it is hugely time consuming. And I, yeah. uh, we, I need to take a break, but, but uh, the, did anyone get an answer to the question, why is the state all over this one euro forty, this lousy one euro forty. 
Like for, exa- for example, I heard the Minister of Finance, Michael McGrath, being interviewed this morning on, on a news talk as it happened. And um, he was asked about, you know, the current AIB controversy. And he said, oh, no, I can't talk, I can't talk about uh, individual. We own AIB. We own 60% of AIB, the state, the taxpayer. We put over 20 billion into AIB to save the bank. Over 20 billion. And the Minister of Finance says, oh, no, we, we, we can't. We've no hand actor part in how AIB run their business. Yet they're chasing parents, left, yeah. right and centre, who were hassled, by the way. Yeah. As I said, trying well, to get providers, an octopus into... Providers, for, really, they're chasing providers. For, providers, well, for, yeah. who are yeah. working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. That's chasing them for €1.40 here and €1.40 there. Back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at RT.ie. Mary, you're listening to this. Uh, the catch, the crash catch 22 for uh, reclaiming one euro 40 cent um, off hard pressed parents. Go ahead, Mary. I just think that this doesn't concern me because, well, not me directly because my yeah. children are reared, but I see my, my children and my having the same problem with their grandchildren. Yeah. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. To be quite honest with you, what I think is happening is the government are doing the same thing to the creche people, uh, creche owners that the RTB did to the landlords. They're making it so difficult and so complicated and they'll wonder in a year or two's time why people are getting out. Because that's what happened to me. I, I was a landlord previously and the RTB made life so difficult that we just sold up. We couldn't cope with this anymore. And I think the same thing happening now with the Yeah, The do a fantastic job. They are fantastic people. And they do a fantastic job. But the, the bureaucracy and, and, and the amount of paperwork is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. To be quite honest. That's my perception. Of okay. Now. And you, did you get out? I got out of being a landlord. Yeah, yeah. For, okay. for the simple reason that the RTB were problematic from day one. Now, my tenants were excellent. I had no problem. Okay. I had excellent tenants, excellent relationships with them. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was just too much. It was labour intensive. It was too much. And I got out. And, and so are so many more. And the same thing. And did so you yeah, ever, did you, and not that you would get, I've heard of people being six and seven hours on the phone to the, queuing on the phone for the oh, RTB. Yes, yes. But did you ever yes. get a chance to say to that to anyone in the RTB? I know they're a quangor and they're a law unto themselves. I wrote them a long letter to which I got no reply. Okay. I explained exactly to them in detail what they were doing and what they weren't doing, but they, they chose not to respond. And Mary, what are you hearing now from other? I know landlords are a dirty word in this country. Oh, it's a dirty word. Oh, oh yeah. God, it's a dirty word. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but what are you hearing from other people? Are they getting out as well? Oh, they're getting out. Yeah, a few yeah. of my friends who, who who had houses in the past have, have gotten out and are so happy that they've gotten out. And and you know the tenants are suffering. Yeah. What about this eviction ban? How did that? Well, that would be after your time, would it? Yes. Um, yeah. It's. It, it, look. We don't have have ownership of our own property now with that kind of thing. That's the way I look at that. And um, it doesn't really concern me now, you know. But, yeah. but okay. Okay. It's, it's not good. It's not okay. Good uh, an example. Uh, Sarah um, is coming in a second. Uh, Mary is still there. The question. Uh, from the Netherlands, a listener. We currently pay two hundred and forty euros per month uh, in the Netherlands for two children, forty hours per week, including three meals and nappies. 
Before moving here, we had our youngest in crash in Ireland. And of course, she was receiving amazing care. Uh, but we can't fault it here in the Netherlands. It really is the gold standard. 240, they pay 240 per month for two children, 120 per child, 40 hours a week, including uh, three meals and nappies. Sarah, your point, please. Sarah, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How are you? Good. Are, um, you are you caught in this as well? I am indeed, yeah. yeah. So basically, my son uh, is going to a crash at the moment and we got an email there two weeks ago to say that, uh, unfortunately, that they're going to cut down part-time hours for everybody who's attending the crash at the moment. And they're going. They're only allowing for full time hours. So basically, you have until the first of March to decide whether you want to let the child stay on for five days or to leave. Basically. And what's your so, current what's your current situation, Sarah? So my current situation is um, he's in three full days, and then he gets the two ecky half days as well. Okay. So I had him in for three full days because my partner is off on Wednesdays. So we okay. don't need yeah. him yeah. on Wednesday and great. on Fridays then. His his grandmother was looking after him. So, okay. like, we don't need five full days care. Yeah. Like, he just needs the three days. And, like, they just, like, there's one particular child in the crash at the moment and he's been in there since he's four months old. And he's in my son's class now when he's four years old. And the mother was putting him in from nine, from I think it was half eight to half one every day because she only works from nine till one yeah, and he's been yeah. doing that since he's four months old and they want her to pay five full days now or to leave. Because like they... she can't afford five full days. She, she doesn't yes, work full yes. time. Because they're saying they will be docked the, the subsidy for the two days that the child isn't there even though... Yeah, well, to be honest, they haven't given us any reason whatsoever. Okay. They sent out this email. There was no apology in it. There was It was extremely cold. There was an ounce of empathy. Okay. There was no, like, you know, we deeply regret to inform you. It was basically just that their costs are too high and, like, that this is what they're doing and you can like it or lump it is kind of how they... And that's, yeah. you know, like, you write an email back to them and I didn't even get a reply off them. And so they, didn't, they, just, didn't, they didn't give a reason. That was your point. They didn't really give a reason. They just said it was to do with their cost. Like, because they had sent out an email a few months ago to say that they were going to go down this five day, full day road. Okay. But the existing kids who were in the crash Wouldn't were able to stay yeah. doing what they were doing. So, like, it didn't affect me and it didn't affect, like, people who were in there already. But anyone who was coming in to join had to do the five full days. So I was happy with that because I was still doing my three days and it wasn't affecting my child. But now, like, you know, to give us two weeks' notice, that we have to make this huge decision, like in two weeks' time, that we have to like pay full time fees, which we don't need. Mm-hmm. And I don't want my child to be in there full time. I want to see him. Yeah, of course, of course. Do you know course. what I mean? And and, he, and yeah. you shouldn't pe- be penalised for getting. Wanting to. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Okay, so, 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 Laura, Joe with RT.ie. Laura, what's your situation in this catch twenty, uh-huh. this crash catch twenty two? Hi, Joe. Um, yeah, I've, I'm in a similar situation to a lot of the callers there. So I'm a, I'm a parent. Um, I have three kids in a fantastic crash. So one is doing after school. She just started junior entrance this year. The other two are full time, and all of them have been since they were about eight months old. Okay. So my issue really with it is not at all. The crashes are fantastic, but the NCS system is hard to navigate. It's you know my husband and I are both. Educated mm-hmm. working people, and we find it hard to navigate. There's, as one caller said, a lot of different steps that need to happen. 
until you do those steps, you can't, the subsidy can't come through. We had an issue a couple of years ago where through our own fault, I'm sure, we just neglected to do one of the steps. So we had done, we thought we had done everything right, hadn't done everything right. And the crash didn't get the subsidy that uh, they should have for one of our children. There's no mechanism, I was told, by the NCS yeah. to back date any of the payments. Now, this is a universal subsidy. We're not doing the means-tested one. Yeah. The universal subsidy. And, you know, to me, I would sort of say, if I didn't pay my income tax, someone would be looking for it. Absolutely. But for a universal subsidy, we couldn't get any back payment for the crash for that subsidy when we had neglected to do, the, you know, all, the, all of the steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other issue I suppose I have with it is, is really the, the issue about the... You know, if the children don't use their full complement of the quota that you've said that they will do, whether that's because there's sickness, so COVID restrictions, we've had to have children out. Yeah, uh, yeah. HSE sent out a, a letter to all um, care providers and schools to say if children are unwell, they need to be kept at home. So people course, are being yeah, diligent yeah. and the, keeping their children at home. That's what the ad tells us, keep them at home. Exactly. Keep out of we're then either that or, you know, a grandparent who isn't, you know, usually reliable. You can't, you have to have childcare, so you can't necessarily have them pick them up every Friday, say, but they have a mm-hmm. Friday free and they decide to go and get their grandchild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wonderful, wonderful. I, I had a situation yeah. for Christmas, my, uh, you know, I have three small kids and they're sick a lot. They all pick up various things from the creche. And I had a situation before Christmas where I'd had an email that um, a few of your callers have talked about where uh, the, the crash accountant said, listen, you know, your eldest child is, is not hitting her hours. She had been out a bit. She's not hitting her hours. If we can try and get her up to, you know, full hours mm-hmm. for the next couple of weeks, it'll reset the clock, the way a couple of the callers had said. And I actually had a moment where she wasn't well enough to go to after school. And I had a moment where I sort of thought, oh, no, I have to get the hours. And then I thought, yeah, what am I yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about sending her when she's not 100% because of this pressure to not lose your subsidy. And, um, I, like, I've been on to my local representatives about it. I, I really feel strongly, I think it's a system that is not working for parents or providers. And is there any provision, uh, after a year or two of, of the system working, is there any provision for a review? How is it working? How, is there any pre- well, I, provision for feedback? I would love to think so, but when I sent feedback through, when I discovered the error, I sent feedback through the NCS system and talked to, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's like a a parent advisor or something, talked to somebody Mm -hmm. on the phone and the answer that I got was there's no provision to to backdate. When I contacted my local representative, in fairness to Michael McGrath, McGrath, he um, actually did uh, kind of go and look, Mm -hmm. you know, try and get some response from me, but the response that he got from Roger O'Gorman's office was that you know, basically, here's what the system is. It was sort of a directing me to the NCS. It, it wasn't helpful. It wasn't addressing the issues that I had raised. And I, I don't know, to be honest with you, this is something that I think about a lot. I've talked to the creche about. I've talked to the creche accountant about. But I don't have time to take this up. Of course, of course. I, I don't have the energy. Like, we work, both of us, full time. Yeah. And it's hard to leave the kids at creche. Yeah. But... We, we don't have the energy to, to tackle this, you know. You can hear how, it, you know, emotional it makes me. But I, my friends are experiencing the same. And my peers, we are a group who are very stretched. And it's hard. And for this, this is surveillance that's going on. Do you know what? Look, I, I think that, that there is, you know, 
there's, there's regulation that needs to say when a child is where the child is supposed yeah. to be. And I understand that. Okay. I think that's yeah. for safety. I think the, the original yeah. Yeah. effort was for safety. And I get okay. that. But it's sort of like it's, it's, there's no, there's a computer says no kind of impact. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no room for... Well, there's no trust you know, in, the, in the service providers no either, yeah. it seems, it would yeah. seem. And they're fantastic. I mean, I they, they really and, and, love our yeah. children and they spend more time with them awake than we do. Yeah. You know, when you think about it that way, yeah, I know, my kids I know. are there 10 hours a day, easily, five days a week. So for the time that they're awake, those childcare providers are, are with my kids more than I am. And if you decide that you're, if you're sorry, if you're lucky enough to get a day off unexpectedly or whatever these things happen, you'll be penalised for going to pick up your child. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about being it's stretched. It's a tough world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I would just shout out okay, to Laura, who are st- st- providing the service. Okay, stay, stay listening to Ula, please. Ula, good afternoon. Hi there, Joe. What's your situation? So um, I'm just listening to your um, the caller you're just speaking to there, and my heart goes out to her actually because um, it's clear to me as a child I'm a childcare provider, I'm a Montessori teacher, and I have two after schools as well. And you know I was extremely stressed about the new core funding and NCS yeah. and having to provide NCS at the time it was for fifty cent an hour. That was up until the first of January this year. Um, and made the difficult decision then not to prov- not just not to sign up for it because I knew what the I knew the the stress and pressure mm-hmm. it was going to put on me as a business owner as a small business owner and um, trying to get trying to keep my really good staff and then trying to have this administrative burden on top of it on a system that I could see from my previous years experience I only had two or three children using NCS but it okay. actually was beyond stressful trying to use it for even that small amount. And then thinking about trying to um, administer it for 70 children that I have between my three services. They don't all attend full time. But it's clear from discussions I've had, from protests, I'm part of a group called the Federation of Early Childhood Providers. And many of our members wrote to the government about the failures of the NCS system. And we were completely ignored. And they were rolling out the new core funding system. Mm. Um, that started in um, September and we were told to freeze our fees. So it's a really tricky, it's a really tr- a very tricky place to be, I think. Um, but the, the issues that we've had with the NCS and the administrative burden have been completely ignored. And while it's awful to listen to parents um, on your show here yeah. today talking about how upset they are, um, I, I think it's an important message to get across to the government department that it's clearly not fit for purpose and that it really does need to be revisited so that it works for everybody because people need help. Um, yeah. And we, we as providers want to help parents. I'd love to be, um, if there was a simple system, but the system isn't simple enough for for us to use. I, I don't know how to go about it in a better way. Perhaps, you know, uh, you know, a once-off subsidy at the beginning of the year. I, I don't know. And then this micromanagement of hours. Micromanagement, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know. And um, so I just didn't sign up for it, which is also from my parents who are users of my service. Um, and, um, but, but I would love if there was a system whereby I could manage it. So I, I don't want to work 24 hours a day or all weekend trying yeah, to, uh, type, uh, yeah. um, you know, which it's ridiculous. Okay, so, say with us all at joe at rt.e 5151 text. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. 
Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Seamus is listening to this uh, bizarre sluice case of Arden Crusher amounts of opening amounts of paperwork that crash owners and parents who have children crash to avail of a very, very, very uh, modest subsidy. Seamus, you're an ex-Garda. You say you, you were drowned by a tsunami of paperwork as well. Hi, Joy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was only just listening to those ladies there talking about their, their nightmares trying to fill up paperwork and mind children and all that. And it, it seems to be that everything seems to be the same way now that all organisations seem mm-hmm. to be uh, tied up doing paperwork and they're not actually able to do what they're supposed to do. Do you know that um, in relation to, say, the guards, uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's very little visibility of guards out in the street. Uh, a lot of that is coming down to the fact that all the lads and ladies in the, in the job are uh, working on their paperwork and have no time to be out in the street doing their normal job. And um, it's the same there with the, the ladies talking about the filling up their forums for the crash. Yes, yeah. They should be, you know... Their job is to mind children. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the, the first part of this. And uh, they're spending all their time filling up, uh, you know, in, in in many cases, needless forums. And is it, what's the situation, well, in, I, I know you're a terrible, what's the situation in the, what, what are your ex-colleagues saying about paperwork in the Gardaí, for example? Well, they, they would uh, say that... Um, the amount of it now is is gone to such an extent that that even the smallest the the, the most minor of incidents is is, is creating a, a basically an avalanche of of, of reports yeah. and um, you know and I mean obviously you have to be accountable and all that there's no doubt about that but it's gone to such an extent now that. Um, they, you know, you, they can't look left or right without having to fill out a report about it, like, you know. So, um, and it's 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 hindering uh, everybody in and doing doing the job that they're supposed to do, and that they're supposed to be out there reassuring the people that they're out and about. And yeah. you know yourself if you see a uniform guard walking down the street, you well, feel, you can't, they can't uh, even they can't even take down the drones that are over Dublin Airport. Maybe they should throw paper planes. Use some of the paper to make paper planes and throw them. Okay, Seamus, good evening. I'm on good Joe at RT.ie. Okay, Remember, thanks, Friday, two days' time, we're in the D Hotel in Drada. Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Not an unrelated issue in that it's a... Uh, an issue of finance again and started on Monday here in the programme. That was the a significant number of uh, women who contacted us, and indeed men, about the decision of the government to exclude children uh, who lived in a mother and baby home for under six months from this uh, redress scheme, which they've announced. The redress scheme, as they said in their uh, press release, will cost this 34,000 uh, survivors. Uh, they'd be eligible uh, for financial payments and 19,000 will be eligible, for, excuse me, for enhanced medical card. This is a cost of 800 million. Now, when you look at the rates, 
uh, that it's it's it, it's a quantum on each. If you were if you were in a mother and baby home and you were a mother and you were there for less than three months, you're entitled to five thousand. Um, uh, and 5,000 to end of, that's it. If you're there between three and six months, it was 10,000. And then, for example, if you're there for five years, six years, 40,000, 45,000, whatever. But the category that we were contacted by were mothers uh, who had uh, children uh, and the children were adopted invariably out of the mother and baby home. It was called homes, remember? Awful phrase, home for unmarried mothers. Unmarried mothers, good God. Um, and if your child was uh, adopted, normally, as you heard, against your will, sometimes even without your knowledge, was adopted out of the mother and baby home and was under six months, they weren't even entitled to apply. They weren't recognised as such. And that caused a lot of a lot of distress. Now, given that the figure for mothers who were in a mother and baby home for less than six months is a maximum of €10,000. And given that the figure... Um, the number of people we are told uh, would be eligible for this, then not necessarily the number of people who apply. Some people might not know they're in a mother and baby home, for example. That uh, would be 24,000. That would in total come to 2.2.4 million. Whereas it was a government, now maybe we'll get the full in, but a government uh, representative was quoted on uh, <coughs> television a few weeks ago saying, if we include... The children who were there for less than six months, this will double the cost of the scheme from 80 million, sorry, from 800 million, my mistake, from 800 million to 1.6 billion. I don't know how they compute that figure. Deborah, Deborah, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. What was your situation, Deborah? I was in the Good Shepherd Convent in Dunboyne. Okay. In 1979, I was there from March till my baby was due the end of June, and I was went into Hollis Street then, and I had my daughter, beautiful daughter. Okay. And she was, I was just told then after five days of being in there that she was gone. I, the matron just came in and said, your baby is now going. Okay. And I went, going where? Yeah, yeah. Because in my, I was so naive and, you know, young and mm-hmm. I I was born to be a mother, Joe. That was the bottom line. I was born to be a mammy. And it was the most traumatic time in my whole entire life, was handing my baby over. And you make the point, which so many people did, it's not about the money, per se. No, it's, it's about, not. It's about the yeah. fact that any child that was in a mother and baby home that was taken and adopted uh, or removed or whatever from the, the birth mother uh, under six months they don't exist as far as the scheme is is concerned. They were never in that mother and baby home. No, and on the, I, re, I was reading through the forms and all that the government have up on their website. Mm-hmm. And like, if, for me, if I was to go and apply for that, Joe, I've got to prove I was in the mother and baby home. Yeah. Like, how the hell can I prove I was in a mother and baby home when we went in there and we couldn't even use our own names? Very good point. Or, yeah, or, um, yeah, you were assigned a new name invariably. We were always just put in there and that was it. I was told that if I kept my baby, I could never come home again. And when you say you were born to be a mother, Deborah, do you know where your your, your baby is now? In uh, My daughter found me in 2011. Okay. And um, we have actually a great relationship Brilliant. and she Brilliant. only lived 20 minutes away from me. Okay. 
brilliant, brilliant. Stay with us, Deborah. But you you make okay. the point which so many people are making. This is not about money. This is about recognition, and this is about some form of redress for trauma. Uh, administered. Sean Walsh. Sean. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe, and thanks uh, for taking my call. And thank you for making the call. What's your situation, Sean? Please. Joe, yes. Um, I was born in Castle Pollard in County Westmeath. Yeah. And I spent just under three months there. And from there, I was transferred to St. Patrick's um, from where I was originally fostered out okay. uh, to a couple. And they uh, decided to take me off to South Africa. Nice. So I actually turned two on the ship going over to South Africa. Um, I only found out in 2014, after mm. my adoptive mother had passed away, okay. that um, the whole thing had been done illegally, which was quite a shock when you think that I was 54 years of age at the time. So from 2014 in the pre- up to the present, just to put it into a nutshell, yeah. um, I couldn't get any information out of anybody. And it cost me a couple of trips out to Ireland Okay. Um, with a lot of help from a Facebook group that I joined, the Castle Pollard Mother and Baby Brilliant. Home Facebook Brilliant, yeah. group, um, who their chairperson is Paul Redmond. Um, and he's the author of the book Adoption Stories. But uh, Paul was a great help. Um, then I was also given a lot of advice and assistance by Sharon Lawless from the series Adoption Stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, and through all this and the couple of trips backwards and forwards, I suddenly discovered I had two, two half-brothers here. Um, and that was another shock. And I found it very, very unsettling at the time. And it culminated in me deciding to come back to Ireland. So I returned in 2017. Okay. Um, and I've been back for five years now. Um, another um, driving force for me was the whole release of the concept or the publication of the concept of the co- commission of in- in- into the mother and baby yeah, homes. Yeah. Um, and I felt very strongly at the time that I wanted to be part of that, okay. that I felt that our stories needed to be heard. But that apparently was not to be. Um, I did testify to the commission. Um, I submitted my testimony in triplicate, just from the point of view that I didn't think that on the spur of the moment you could lose track of things. You could could get caught up in one subject and wander off the point. Anyway, I had some interesting documents with me, and... um, that was the end of that. The only thing I could say there is that they did try to convince me to give them the originals of the documents, which I flatly refused. Okay. Um, but Sean, to cut, saying, just just in terms yep. of today's uh, discussion, how long were you? Do you know how long were you in Castleball between the two mother and baby? How long were you in? Are you under the six months or over the six months? I'm under the six months by about two weeks. So you don't, you don't, you're, you're not recognised as far as so this, no, you don't no. exist as far as the scheme. I don't exist. 
Now, the other, now the do other you, do you, ginger. Yeah. Okay, Sean, sorry. What I want to come out and try and the, the, the government argument about this is that um, do you remember when you do you remember ever living in Ireland? No, you don't, I presume, before you came back. I, I you follow don't me? really. Okay, yes, I, okay. I, I'm with you. I yeah, don't okay. remember so, anything. So that's, that, the, the government say, well, that's our point. Anyone who was here, was in a mother and baby home for under six months, wouldn't remember it. However, however, you're now dealing, you found out this through that, the, your, your adoptive mother when she passed away. But you found out about this, the fact that you were born in a mother and baby home and were there for five, five months and two weeks or whatever. And that in turn led you to try and undertake this, this natural human uh, pursuit of trying to find out who you are. And you discovered you have two uh, uh, half-siblings. You discovered then you, you went to the... Re- so the trauma is the trauma and the challenge is still there due to the fact that you were born in a mother and baby home that you don't remember. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I don't see how the government cannot see this. Um I mean, one only has to look within the adoptive community and you look at the sort of levels of suicide and people that have various medical problems. There's obviously something there that that stays in the psyche. Um, I I could just tell you this, Joe, and I, I found it very interesting. When I first returned to Ireland, two things I recognized straight away was the smell of a peat fire Okay. I definitely had a conscious memory okay. that I remembered that. And the other thing, funny enough, was the smell of black currant my wadi. Okay. Now, whether that was fed to me in a baby bottle wow. at some stage, um, wow. I just found it very, very interesting. And how long had you been away at that stage, Sean, so to speak? Uh, oh, 50 odd years. And there's nothing like my wadi in South Africa, is there? Nothing. Absolutely okay. nothing. The other, the other very interesting point, and I'd just like to put this one out there as yeah, well. Okay. I could never understand it. Growing up in South Africa, even as a child, I was always terrified of nuns. Easy. And in, in, my, in my research, I turned up a picture, which, funny enough, my adopted mother had kept, um, where I was handed over to them in the car park in St. Patrick's. And the nun is handing me over, but I mean, there's a look of sheer terror on my face. And it was like a light bulb moment. I suddenly thought, this is is where this stems from. I'd obviously been separated from my mother and been, you know, cared for in this institution by the nuns. Um, Again, which what must you, have what been a frightening experience. Exactly, and that's that's what you're that's what you're articulate. This whole six month thing seems to be uh, an arbitrary, nonsensical, um, meaningless uh, uh, rejection of people. Rose, uh, your situation, please. Rose, hello, Rose. Rose, oh, hello. Yes. Yeah, go, go ahead, Rose. Can you hear me? Your line is going in now. Oh, I can't. I can't. No, yes. Sorry, oh, okay. the line was bad there for okay. a second. Okay. You're, you're, you were born in Bespra. I was born in Bespra in 1947. And I was there for two years. From I eventually uh, got my records, but it took me over 30 years okay. to try and get the information 
Vesper uh, would give me, they kept telling me every time I contact them, oh, we've no no information, we've nothing on file. Mm-hmm. And um, basically I was adopted by a very elderly couple, which was what I found the hardest okay. possible you know, whereas I, yeah. I have no issue with people being adopted. Yeah. It was my situation, which was really, um, I just existed in that house that I was adopted uh. into, basically. And it was, uh, while I wasn't abused in any yeah. way, yeah. shape or form, it was just the utter, utter lack of love, the loneliness. That's what affected me the most. Yeah. And still affects me. Yeah, like I'm in my mid seventies now, and um, it, it it just had a dreadful, dreadful effect on my yeah. um, my emotional uh, personality. It just yeah. uh, uh, it, it just never leaves you. Never mm-hmm. leaves you, even if you don't have memories yeah. of being in a place. It, it, it just the effect. The emotional effect is there. And um, only for the support of my late husband, who was my rock, basically, um, he stood by me through thick and thin until I eventually did trace my birth mother. I was 51 when I first met her, but basically we didn't have a relationship. We, we, We just didn't connect, basically. But the short version was I discovered she had married my biological father and uh, went on to have six more children. Okay. So I have, you know, full siblings. You deal with that. And basically I was denied all of that yeah. all right. uh, all through right. my lifetime and uh, it has definitely affected me. And the Big fact that the government are saying with this bill, which is going through this week and at all, that anyone that lived in a mother and baby home for under six months wouldn't be affected. Well, I, I was there for two years, but it doesn't matter, I think, yeah. if I had only been there for six yeah. months. It's the the emotional trauma yeah. of yeah. not knowing who I was for all those years. Yeah. But basically being singled out going to school as the illegitimate child in the class. You know, you'd be given a note to bring home. You know, the teacher would say, bring that home to your parents. But I was always singled out as, and you bring that to your guardian. Like it was... Oh my God, Ros, I'm so sorry. How how I was treated. Um, Individual, close school friends that I had... It was the parents. Yeah. I could knock at somebody's door and say, it's such and such coming out to play or whatever. And I would have, in certain cases, I would have had the door closed in my face, basically. Oh, uh, whereas my oh, immediate okay. neighbours uh, would have probably been a little bit different. Yeah, but we yeah. say I could down to the other end of oh, the okay. town where I grew up. It was just, and this has left me emotionally happy. Um, a complete wreck. Okay. And now I'm in my mid-70s. Okay. And it's nothing to do with redress or what I might get. It's the emotional yeah. effect that okay. this has had. Okay, I'm over... I, I, uh, you're over time. No, but I'm, I'm so sorry to have to say that to you, but we will... 
um, if you wish uh, to continue the conversation privately uh, afterwards. But Rose, Rose, what was your late husband's first name? My, sorry? What was your late husband's first name? Donald. Yeah, Donald. Well, God rest Donald. Well, he was Don. known as Donny, basically, Well, God, God <laughs> rest, God rest Donny, and may he, um, I'm sure he still supports you, but the fact that oh, you, you miss him so I much. I tell you, he did, because yeah. um, 18 months after he died, I had my first hip replacement, then I had a second one, and 18 months after that, I took a brain hemorrhage, and that's yeah. brain surgery, but... You know, okay. That's Ro- I, he, he was my rock. Okay, and you were his rock as well, Rose. And, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you shortly, Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. I'm told that the producer originally took that call from Rose is now continuing that conversation with that wonderful, wonderful woman. Brenda Donahue produced Ray Darcy is next. Apologies. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.